Life Ed Conversations, How to Talk to Your Kids About podcast series. This is the second of four podcasts in the series on sexual health, where experts offer top tips on how to talk to your kids about relationships and sexual health in an age-appropriate way. In this episode, Dr Tess Opie from In Your Skin will be chatting with Anne Atchison from Sexual Health Victoria, and they'll be talking about what a relationships and sexuality education program in schools looks like what parents can expect from schools to support their conversations at home and top tips to hold conversations with their kids. You can read more about Tess and Anne's work in this space at the podcast links. Welcome Tess. Thanks Gildy. I would like to introduce Anne Atchison. Anne is a member of the Everybody Education Team at Sexual Health Victoria, which runs sexuality education workshops for communities and medical professionals. Anne also works as an educator in schools, running sexual health education sessions for all year levels. Anne, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Tessa. It's a, Gosh, it's our pleasure. I guess my first question for you, Anne, is you know, in, in, in relation to the work that you do with schools, which I know is more than just, I guess, providing education sessions for students. You work very closely, you know, in terms of that whole school approach. What support can parents and caregivers access from their child or the young person's school or, or what support can they expect their schools to provide them with in supporting relationships and sexuality education at home? Uh, it's a really difficult question to answer because it varies wildly from school to school. Um, if we answer in perspective of the curriculum, Yes, they should expect that the school is delivering some sort of consent education. They should be uh, embedding some sort of um, safety education around bodies and puberty and growing up and those sort of things. But we know that schools don't always have the skills on staff to deliver that or the capacity or the time. So it really varies very wildly from school to school. Um, uh, in Victoria, we have what's known as the Respectful Relationships Initiative. So we should expect at some capacity that schools should be delivering at least some of that curriculum, which refers to identity and being who you are and respecting other people. Um, but again, that can vary wildly from school to school in terms of what they're able to deliver uh, for that. And do you think it's reasonable of parents to actually be asking their schools what their relationships and sexuality program looks like, including sort of content and delivery? Yeah, absolutely. So if if you're not sure, ask. And we definitely really encourage schools to communicate what they're doing um, to parents and carers when it comes to a sexuality education program. So if you don't know what they're doing at your school, chances are they're not doing anything. Um, so find out, ask the questions, who's in charge of this, who's responsible, what are the lead teachers, what does the leadership think of this, is leadership supportive um, and what sort of time are you allocating to this for teachers to upskill and be able to deliver it and what time are you dedicating in classrooms to delivering it as well. It's one thing to sort of get an external provider like us to come in and sort of deliver a few sessions over a few weeks and we can sort of um, get a lot of information out in that time uh, but ideally teachers are picking that up in the classroom teachers are being able to continue conversations um, address things as they arise and excuse me and support parents and carers to have conversations at home when they need to as well and so in an ideal world if a parent wants to ask their school what their RSE program or their relationships and, and sexuality education program looks like 
in an ideal world, what would the school's response be? What sort of topics would be being covered? Ah, so much. Um, And that's really interesting as well. What we consider relationships and sexuality education might be broader than people think, uh, which is why it can be included from such young year levels. We're talking about safety. We're talking about bodies, body autonomy, safe spaces, who can touch a person, who can't, how you feel when a person touches you, uh, everyone owns their own body. They're all themes that can start from the very, very start of education and be carried all the way through. uh, so yeah, they're the sort of conversations, they're sort of topics. Um, we definitely want uh, teachers to be upskilled to be able to have inclusive language as well. We know that's really important to make sure all students in a classroom are val- validated, all family groups are validated, all identities are validated in a classroom as well. Um, so ideally, leadership are saying to parents and carers, "Hey, this is really important to our school that our school is inclusive, that we're respectful of diversity." and uh, we promote open conversations all the way through school from foundation all the way through to year 12. And, you know, like you said before, it would be really nice if schools would be communicating this information to parents, you know, proactively. Um, And so perhaps that might come in the form of correspondence. It might be a parent information evening. A lot of parents I speak to are also desperate for resources that they can access for sort of further reading at home or whether it's YouTube clips or instructional videos, whatever it might be. Um, Is that a question that you, you, I guess, ever get asked? And and would you encourage schools to be putting together, I guess, support packages like this, you know, for families at home? Yeah, absolutely. In my experience, primary school parents are a lot more interested than secondary school parents. Uh, So yeah, definitely in, in primary school, information evenings, resources, this is how you have a conversation. This is a good book to buy. Um, these are resources you can listen to and and figure out this stuff so you know what to say when your child asks or if they ask. If they don't ask, how to be proactive about raising it. Um, by secondary school, we're finding that uh, people don't really want information nights or they don't show up if there is one offered. Um, and it's sort of assumed that a lot more is able to be discussed in secondary school. Uh, but certainly primary school parents and carers want support. They want to know what to say and when so they don't say the wrong thing or the, the right thing at the wrong time. Um, so, yeah, lots more support I think is, is needed, especially in primary school. So speaking of that support, you know, if we're looking for opportunities to actually start some of these conversations with our young people, you know, on the topic that we're talking about now, I guess one question we could ask is, hey, you know, what is your relationships and sexuality education program like at school? What sort of topics are you discussing, exploring? What's some of that content looking like? From your perspective, and as a, a national expert in this field, Anne, I mean, what do some of these conversations look like specifically with our tweens or our pre-teenagers, you know? How, how are we having some of these conversations, I guess, with students who are sort of in, in upper primary years, um, who might still be really interested in these conversations um, and I guess need to, to, to know a mi- bit more about, I guess, strategies for protective behaviours, sexual health and safety before they kind of launch into middle school and perhaps some of them start to become sexually active. Um, yeah, I think Vanessa mentioned it earlier, just finding those opportunities. There are a lot of opportunities in the world to be able to um, raise and address these sort of topics. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of waiting 
for your young person to ask. And some students are really keen. They ask lots of questions. They're really invested. They want to know all the science. They want to know about the world and what's happening and want lots and lots of information. And some students just don't. Um, they don't ask. They're not that interested if you raise it. Um, but it can be a case of, hey, this is actually really important. Before you get to secondary school, I need you to know how babies are made. I need you to know what puberty is. I need you to know the names of your body parts. Um, so being a bit proactive. I need you to know about pornography because that's a thing and people are going to be talking about it. Um, so being a bit proactive on some of the hard stuff, um, I would really, really encourage for parents and carers. But there are lots of opportunities. And sometimes students are a bit put off by a long conversation as well. Oh, I raised it at home and then I was stuck there for three hours talking about periods with my parents. They don't want that either. Sometimes just a really short answer is the right one that they're looking for. And if they're coming to you with just a short answer question, they can know they can come again um, and ask another question. If the answer is, oh, I'll tell you about that later. Uh, you'll learn that when you're in secondary school, they'll get the message that it's not okay to ask. Um, so yeah, short answer, <laughs> um, age-appropriate ways uh, with as much detail as they want. I agree with absolutely everything you've said. Uh, what I often find in my experience is that teachers, uh, sorry, parents, caregivers are very reluctant to have that conversation about online pornography with their children and young people because they are very fearful that if they raise that conversation, if they if they mention that term, they will, in, that will sort of inadvertently encourage their child or young person to go online and actually look for it. What do you have to say about that? Uh, well, we always say, you know, if a child can spell the word bum and they have access to the internet, they can find pornography, whether it's because they're looking, because they're interested or uh, just by accident. Um, it's very common that young people find it pretty funny. Uh, young people can share and they also know that they're not meant to. So they keep it secret. Um, a lot of young people know for sure that they'll get their device taken away if uh, their adult finds out that they've seen pornography or um, been shown pornography, they'll get in trouble. They'll get in trouble for the relationships that they're having when they saw it. Um, so it can become a really, really secretive thing. Also puts a lot of shame around that conversation around sex in general. Um, so, yeah, definitely if you're handing your young person a device, um, make sure you talk about it, about pornography with them. This podcast was brought to you by LifeEd SA and created on the land of the Ghana people. We would like to pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all First Nations people that may be listening today. <laughs>